Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Really important to focus on the vision, on the values early on. You know, what is it that your business is about? What are you solving for? Uh, what values uh, do you frame that around? And then it's all about the people. It's all about the people. Words that resonated and echoed in my mind long after this interview. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm Edwin Frondozo. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. This is episode number 54. First off, how are you doing? How's your day going? Whether you're getting your day started, taking a break, or walking home from a very productive day, I'm thrilled and excited to share the conversation that I had with Tony Larakis, the co-founder and CEO of Fleet Complete, one of the fastest growing global technology companies. In our conversation, we talk about many topics, including the importance of surrounding yourself with great mentors, how he keeps the organization from becoming an institution, and why it's important to focus on the vision and values of the company. Our sponsors today are Pungo Payments, a business payment solution that instantly sends disbursements and electronic transfers at a fraction of the cost of checks and bank transfers. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash Pungo to learn more. And also Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the companies are saying when they're calling in. Before getting started, I want to thank all of you who left me comments. The latest one from Yvonne, smartlife.tips. Edwin has a special knack for asking his guests questions that lead to them sharing useful personal wisdom. For example, he asked Seth Godin for his unique perspective on management and leadership. Seth's answer both surprised and motivated me. He said leadership tends to come from the bottom. This podcast is well worth the listen. Thank you, Yvonne. Smartlife.tips. If you leave a review, I will be reading out the latest one on each episode. Now, here we go. Tony, welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you. Well, first off, thank you for having me here at uh, your company, Fleet Completes. But before we jump in about your story, why don't we start off by introducing yourself. Tell us, tell the listeners, who's, who's Tony? <laughs> and what do you like to do when you're not growing and scaling companies? Who's Tony? So Tony is a Toronto native, um, 38 years old, um, married. We have a 10-year-old son. He just turned 10 yesterday, actually. Uh, so when I'm not working, I try to spend every free moment with my family. Uh, beyond that, I love to cycle. Um, that's kind of my personal sport of choice. Uh, I like to work out too, a little bit in the gym, a little bit of weightlifting. Um, so between, yeah, just, uh, I think the three areas I spend most of my time in is the business, uh, sure. family and personal kind of fitness, uh, stuff. Um, I also, uh, spend a little bit of my time on philanthropic type work, uh, I'm involved with the Hellenic Heritage Foundation, which is near and dear to my heart. It's an organization that um, 
purpose and mission is to preserve and promote Greek culture in Canada. So being a, a, a child of Greek immigrants, uh, uh, and being someone that really loves the multiculturalism in Canada, uh, I want to do my part to help preserve the Greek culture in this country for, for my son's generation and future generations. And um, that's something that's important to me. And I, I love to see all cultures do that because I think it's one of the most beautiful things that we have in this country, the diversity. Oh, no, that's very cool. And, and for those who are listening around, though, Toronto's very multicultural. I'm, I'm born and raised. Uh, my parents are immigrants, Filipinos as well. And I grew yeah. up with many and many Greek friends, so I love to have that. Um, quick question before before we really jump in, in terms of that that work and preserving the Greek culture, is this something that you recently done, or is this something that you've always wanted to do and, and give back? I think uh, I think you know, love for my ancestral culture has been something I've always had. It's kind of in my DNA. Uh, it's something I'm really proud of and close to. So it's something I've always wanted to do, and I'm really grateful now that I have the opportunity. I'm, I'm running the organization right now. I'm the president of the Hellenic Heritage Foundation. Mm-hmm. And it's an organization that's been around for uh, 22 years and it's raised over $7 million over those 22 years to uh, fund books for Greek schools or uh, Hellenic study program at the University of Toronto. We, you know, we raised uh, over $2 million to fund that on a permanent basis going forward. Very cool. We funded a Hellenic studies chair at York University. Um, uh, about uh, 20 years ago now that's still there today and thriving. So uh, it's something that uh, is really been important to me. I also do stuff outside of the Greek Hellenic culture. Uh, you know, I'm a big supporter of the YMCA. Mm-hmm. Um Spent some time in the YMCA as a kid growing up, kind of a, in a you know low middle class upbringing in Brampton. Both par- parents worked really hard, and uh, uh, now that I can give back, it's a it's a organization that my wife and I have been supporting financially and with some time here and there. So uh, that's important. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. We didn't really find that in the bio when I was looking you up, Tony. So we'll definitely share that information, the organization on the episode website. And anyway, we as a community can help, we'll definitely do so. So with that, why don't we just jump in? Why don't you tell us about Fleet Complete? Let us know your current role today and perhaps what you're trying to accomplish over the next 12 months. Yeah, so founder, CEO, uh, Fleet Complete is all about helping businesses with fleets thrive. It's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's tough to run a fleet-based business. Um, you have to deal with insurance costs. You have to deal with fuel costs. You have to deal with regulation. So dealing with all these challenges is tough for a fleet-based business. And most of our customers are small mom-and-pop type operators. Um, and our software really helps them manage these things. It helps them reduce their costs. It helps them reduce their risks. It helps them Im- improve their safety. And these are, th- are really important to these businesses. Um, and we, in essence, help them thrive. So that's, that's what our business is all about, is helping these fleet-based businesses thrive. So, Tony, when I was doing my research and I look back at your, your career, you've been building businesses for a while now. I mean... I mean, not to date it, date you. It's since nineteen. Date me. Yeah, since nineteen ninety eight. So it seems like now, looking back, you 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 grew. You had this eventual growth path, and I know you and I just talked about this before we pressed record, where people are seeing the successes now. But you started basically from the bottom, 
And I'd love for you to share with us some key turning points that you encountered during this path and perhaps some decisions you had to make that eventually allowed you to grow as a business leader. Uh, you, you made it sound like we started from the bottom, now we're here, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, surrounding yourself with great mentors is probably one of the most important decisions that I made. Um, starting my business very young at 20 years old, you know, I went, I, I was learning as I went. So having mentors at a very young age, uh, right from the beginning was, I think, the most important thing. Um because I was learning as I was uh, building the business. So ha surrounding myself with people that have been there and done that and sucking as much information out of them as they possibly could was uh, pivotal to, you know, being on the right track early on. Yeah. So being so being young and for the listeners out there who, who are just starting out in their career, how are you able to find or even, even have that insight to surround yourself with mentors? Because I know I meet many people along their career path and they're just figuring it at a later age oh you know what i need a mentor like how did you get that insight well um i guess because i i i think some people you know go to business school and they and they uh, find mentors that way through professors or just uh, being in that environment i started this business right out of computer science right mm -hmm. so i learned the trade of developing software uh, grew up somewhat, in, you know, in an entrepreneurial family. My dad was an entrepreneur, so learned a lot that way. Um, but I realized early on that uh, starting the business without the experience of having ran a business myself before, mentoring, get finding the right mentors was going to be crucial. So it just kind of, uh, you know, was was very apparent to me, and uh, I. From the first few mentors that I did have, I immediately saw the value in something that I continued to do. Okay, great. Even yeah. to this day, and, and to this, like today, my board, you know, now it's kind of more formalized. Yeah. I have board. I also have, you know, we have personal coaches, executive coaches, and stuff like that. But um, the board is a great source of support and mentorship because we've handpicked our board members to be to, to, from people that have done what we're trying to do. Uh, so when you have people that have done what you're trying to do, they can share those experiences with you. And it, it, it's really helpful. So that's been something that we found to work well. No, that's for sure. And picking the right board is, is really important. But over the last 20 years, being an entrepreneur, dealing with one, two customers. And then I think when I read back... Before Fleet Complete, you had another software company. It was very similar. I forgot the name at this oh, point. Oh, that was, uh, the company was called CanLogic Solutions. Um, it's just so, something I started while I was in college. Um, kind of like, you know, training wheels, right? I uh, started a business that did like websites and uh, networking and email servers and uh, help desk stuff. So it was just a way to get going and start making a few dollars to help pay for books and college right, right. classes and stuff like that. Um, until we found the opportunity to, you know, what we wanted to create the business around. I knew I wanted to have a software company uh, kind of for my late teens. So I was blessed with having a vision or an idea of where I wanted to go with my life uh, very early. Uh, I didn't know in what vertical. So the first thing I did was created a, just a generic kind of IT services company until I could figure that out. And um, it was just luck, really, that got us into the last mile logistics space initially that evolved, later evolved into fleet management. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. 
being an entrepreneur and starting with small teams, your role eventually changed and it grew. Your team, your responsibilities changed well. Like you're, what you're doing today is far more different than what you're doing 20 years ago. Yep. So how did you adjust and continually grow to be, be that effective leader um, outside of having these mentors? Was, was there special things that you were doing or was it just learning as you go on? Uh, a lot of, you know, one foot in front of the other kind of thing, right? A lot of learning as you go. This has been a 20-year evolution. Um, so, so you kind of flow with it, right? Uh, in the early days, you, like every entrepreneur, you kind of wear every hat. You're doing sales, you're doing marketing, you're doing customer service, you're doing implementations, you're doing finance, you're doing everything, right? Uh, collections, um, uh, you do whatever it takes. And it's a great way to build a business because you learn every aspect of the business really well. Um, but then, but that's not scalable, right? So you find amazing talent that can do all those different disciplines better than you can. Um, and that's, that's, that creates scale. Uh, so you learn to go from being a doer, um, to being a, a leader and being a supporter and an enabler and a coach and a recruiter. You know, I think these are the most important traits for, a CEO of a scaling company is you, you know, recruiting is like the most important thing, finding top talent for each thing. Um, and then just being a guide and a coach and a supporter, right? Like that's, that's really what the CEO does. How, how long did it take you being a doer, an entrepreneur, someone who had his hands in everything to really make that transition to, to recruiter, to leader? Uh, I mean, I imagine it, not being easy at first. Yeah, it wasn't easy at first. Um, it's unnatural at first, right? So in the early days of an entrepreneur's uh, business uh, uh, upbringing, you're kind of doing everything and then starting to let go to scale the business is hard. It's unnatural. Um, but you got to break through that, right? So we, we first started doing that kind of in the mid-2000s when the business was uh, going from you know, a couple million in revenue to seven, eight, nine, ten million in revenue uh, in a very short period of time. You quickly have to scale and, and build the team and let the team do the the real work. Um, so, so you you know, we that's how we did it. We just kind of learned by fire through that evolution and uh, made it happen. Uh, today, you know, running the business, our business today is five hundred employees globally, uh, about a hundred million Canadian in revenue. Uh, growing really fast, uh, over 35% organic growth, over 50% growth overall. And running a business like that today is in many ways easier than running a one or two million dollar business uh, because you're doing it all yourself. And, you know, when I was 20, 21 years old running that size business, I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing it all for the first time. Now I'm surrounded by an incredible executive leadership team that is really experienced. Most of the guys or people on our leadership team have done what we're doing here before in, in past career stuff, uh, like Alan, our CTO, who you've interviewed before. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just a real joy and pleasure. It's a lot easier, you know, building this at this stage than it was in those early days. So what do you think so far? If you were here with me, you would think Tony's just one of those guys. He's so relaxed, so laid back, but he has so much insight and experience. 
you are enjoying this podcast, please sign up to our monthly newsletter where we share our latest interviews, events, special promotions. It's free. We won't spam you. I promise. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash newsletter. Now let's get back to it. Can you think back as you scaled from, I guess, the, you know, you, were t- you tried to... I mean, you 10x from that 10, 10 million to 100 million, but were there key hires that really helped you at that time? Can you remember back? Yeah, many. Um, I'll say uh, first and actually, I'll, well, I'll go a few, through, few through, through a few of them. Um, our head of sales, for example, Dave Persinski, was a really key hire. Uh, he's been with us for, I think, uh, eight years now. Um, and he came from BlackBerry, where he spent uh, he, many years learning how to build a highly professional, highly scalable channel sales team, right? BlackBerry, in its uprise, was probably the best in the world at selling through the mobile operator channel. Um, and he was also there through the, um, you know, uh, drop of BlackBerry uh, in the late 2000s. Um, so that was a great experience for him as well, right? When he joined us, he really took our sales team uh, to a whole new level, brought in a lot of that professional sales process, sales management um, that I didn't have because I didn't do that before, right? So that was an incredibly key hire at uh, at at the right time for our business and, and a lot of our success is attributed to, to Dave's leadership in sales and uh, channel sales in particular. Um, another key hire we had uh, at uh, the right time was bringing on Jerry Leong, our EVP of business development, who came from TELUS and managed partnerships. Um, and he helped us expand our channel partnerships around the world. So we now have partnerships with Deutsche Telekom in Europe uh, and, and a bunch of the T-Mobile properties in Europe, like in, in Austria, for example. We're working on another one right now in the Scandinavian region. Um, we've expanded into Australia with Telstra. Uh, so Jerry has spearheaded a lot of those, uh, a lot of that channel expansion work, and that was really cr- crucial. Uh, bringing uh, Alan, our CTO, um, you know, who has had a number of kind of experiences at taking companies from tens of people to hundreds of people to thousands of people from an engineering perspective and product development perspective, uh, you know, because that's what we're going through here. So we needed a leader in, in that CTO role that has been through that sort of scaling and uh, has a playbook in essence or an experience in essence of how to do that really well. You know, all of our all of our uh, executives, like our our CFO George, has a lot of uh, George Kipras has a lot of public company experience in te- tech company experience, and uh, we needed that discipline as you go from tens of millions to a hundred million um, in operate finance operating discipline. So, um, yeah, no, that's great, and and it's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that and really understanding. You know. You're as good as the team around you, uh, just like a, building a basketball team. Yeah, for example. Uh, if if I don't, if you don't mind, uh, to add another one because yeah. I think it's sometimes underappreciated is HR. Um, we have this amazing HR leader, Larry Indovina, uh, our EVP of HR, mm-hmm. who's been with us for I think f- like four, five, four years uh, as an executive in the company, but he's been serving the company 
for since the beginning, uh, he had his own HR recruiting firm, and he was our the firm we would go to to help us with recruiting. So in a way, he's been with the company from like the early days, uh, but joined our leadership team almost four years ago, and that's such an important role. Uh, we ca- kind of got by because we outsourced it in the early days to Larry's firm. But uh, I would encourage companies to bring that leadership role in-house early uh, because it really helps you with building that dream team that we now have. I wonder, as you grow larger, how are you thinking about um, not becoming an institution? I mean, that's something that could happen, the inspiration as companies grow and scale. I mean, you're getting it to a point where you haven't been as well in terms of company size. Well, I love to tell people that every day I'm running a company larger than I've ever run before. That's right. right. <laughs> it's so true. Um, and, and I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs share that because, you know, that that's what growth is, right? Yeah. Every day you're growing and, and you're doing, you know, that in itself, it means you're, you're doing something you've never done before, right? So that's uh, one of the things I love about this business. Um, I guess, look, it's, to me, your question is all about the leadership, right? It, it, it starts from the top in terms of the culture, in terms of the ethos and, and how we operate. Um, and as long as I'm running this business uh, with my leadership team, we will continue to operate it in a way that is fast-paced, innovative, customer-centric. And I think so long as you have these core values, um, your culture can maintain no matter what your size is, right? And look at some of the greats out there like the Amazons of the world or Google or Facebook or uh, and not just tech companies, but uh, companies that really stay true to their core values uh, continue to thrive no matter if they're 10 million in revenue or 10 billion in revenue. Um, so that's, that's what we intend to do is stay true to our values. As it grows though, and perhaps you have really good insight in this and you know you have people a lot of moving parts now in your company and where are some of the greatest ideas coming from now in fleet complete so multiple sources you have to be searching for ideas in from every uh, possible source I, ideas certainly come from our customers uh, from our salespeople um, but also from within uh, and from the leadership team. You know, I spent a lot of time with my leadership team thinking about the future, uh, thinking about, hey, if we were, you know, that startup in a garage today, uh, what would we be doing so that we don't get, you know, displaced like how we displaced companies when we were that startup, you know, 20 years ago. Um, so for, as an example, we just announced last month, our new connected vehicle ecosystem platform. It's called Convex. And Convex for us is about helping vehicle OEMs and tier one, tier two suppliers to to vehicle OEMs uh, bring connected solutions to market a lot more efficiently, a lot faster. Uh, The analogy I would use to help explain it is kind of like what Amazon did with Amazon Web Services, Mm -hmm. right? Amazon spent two decades building the world's most advanced e-commerce platform. And then at some point, about 10 years ago, realized, hey, we could take this platform to market as a service. And now they're the world's largest you know, cloud provider. Uh, we we're doing the same thing in essence. We've spent two decades building one of the world's most advanced, robust, scalable, secure fleet management software platforms. 
And now we're taking that technology, that infrastructure we've built to market under the Convex brand and helping vehicle OEMs, uh, tier one suppliers like companies that make transmissions and brake systems and uh, um, engines and axles and uh, chassis and trailers uh, make their systems smart and connected. Uh, we announced our first partnership, a convex partnership, a few weeks ago with Philips. Philips is one of the world's largest manufacturers of cabling systems in, in trailers. Uh, so they're a tier one supplier to the trailer manufacturers like Wabash and Great Dane and so on. So we've partnered with Philips. Uh, they're using the Convex cloud platform to bring to market the world's first smart connected trailer that you can buy from an OEM. So you can go to a company like Wabash and buy trailers from them that come pre-wired with all the sensors you can imagine, door sensors, temperature sensors, axle sensors, tire pressure sensors, and and buy that from the manufacturer, all pre-configured, pre-wired. The cloud system behind all that is convex. Uh, so we're, you're going to be hearing a lot of uh, announcements over the months and years ahead of similar things for just about every other system on a vehicle. Um, so that's the future. That, that's an, an example of how we continue to innovate. So I wanted to bring back to something that you mentioned. You talked about your early days. You were able to find mentors that helped you grow as a business leader, as an entrepreneur. Um, I'm wondering if you could name a person who had tremendous impact on you as a leader. Maybe someone who has been a mentor to you um, and was able to really push you forward. Well, I think first I would say my dad, right? My dad taught me work ethic. Um, I worked for my dad's uh, janitorial cleaning company um, probably since like seven, eight years old, right? That was mopping floors and sweeping floors and um, taking out the trash and uh, scrubbing toilets and stuff like that. So I grew up in that uh, environment where, uh, you know, a lot of hard work um, uh, and, and learned about like running a small business in my upbringing, right? Uh, my dad operated the small business and uh, had five or six employees kind of thing, maybe a dozen or so in its peak and um, really took care of his customers. Um, so growing up in that environment was really, imp really gave me my, my base, I think, of understanding um, the importance of customer service, the importance of a hard day's work, uh, the work ethic, the do what it takes to, to, to serve, um, and, and giving a little more than, than expected. Uh, you know, these basic, what I think are basic kind of business, uh, attributes that, um, really go a long way in making a difference, right? So that's, that's what I would say. No, that's awesome. So real fun question that, that I get to ask on the podcast, Tony. If I were to ask any of your team, colleagues, partners, peers, what's the best leadership quality that you possess? What do you think they would say? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, email, email velocity. <laughs> uh, I, I can, I have great velocity in uh, keeping up with, with emails, but, uh, no, I think, um, ambition, you know, uh, I've always had great ambition. Um, I think big. I, I love to uh, dream, 
you know, dreaming is so much fun, right? Like just sitting around kind of thinking about where we can be a year from now or five years from now and, and then working backwards from that and mapping that out and thinking what are the steps and milestones we have to hit to get there. Um, that's just so much fun. It, it, I just love doing that. And, you know, we've ten, like you mentioned, we've 10x the company in the last seven years. And we want to 10x the company over the next seven years. So we have this vision 2025 where we want to take the company from 100 million to a billion in revenues. And how do you do that, right? Um, and and that's where this idea for Convex kind of uh, came out of and uh, being kind of connected to everything um, in the vehicle ecosystem um, and being part of that connected vehicle uh, evolution that is happening out there. Um, so that's just so much fun for me and, and for, and for the team, frankly, you know, kind of kicking around these big ideas and how do we solve them and how do we serve the industry and the customers? Cause at the end of the day, it's all about being customer centric and helping these businesses that operate a fleet or a mobile workforce, helping them thrive, helping them succeed, helping them be safe, helping them be compliant. Uh, these are the really important things to us uh, and drive us. No, that's great. And it's very important, I think, for a growing company to have that inspirational dreamer of a leader. It makes it easier to, to come into work, I'm sure, and, and really work towards those type of dreams and goals. So. Yeah, it doesn't feel like work when you're having so much fun. Exactly. That's great. Tony, Really having a blast, but before we end, I'd love if you can share some final thoughts, observations. Ideally, what, what I'm looking to do to share to our listeners is actionable recommendations that, that you can share with anyone who's looking to either grow or scale a company right now. I would say really important to focus on the vision, on the values early on. You know, what is it that your business is about? What are you solving for? Uh, what values uh, do you frame that around? And then it's all about the people, right? Business, all Every business, every agency, whatever, it's all about the people. So find the people that will help you execute that, right? And, and um, we have a saying here, uh, we have no to tolerance for assholes or amateurs. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I could say that on your podcast, but you know, we want a, an environment that is fun, uh, where people are professional and the best, best in class type people at what they do, whether it's, you know, being a receptionist or uh, a, a person in our finance department or a tech support person or a developer or an architect or a salesperson, we want the best of the best in all those disciplines. And, people that are going to have fun and uh, work, you know, as a great team together. So that's what's important to us. And I, I think that's what I would share for any entrepreneur. Tony, to close, please tell us where we can find more information about you, Fleet Complete, or anything else you want to share to the listeners today. Sure. Uh, fleetcomplete.com is our website. So you can find, a, find out everything about our, our products and services and, and our company on the website. Um, my LinkedIn profile, Tony Larrakis, is uh, where you can learn more about what I'm up to um, and the things. I, I post stuff on LinkedIn often, a little bit on Twitter too, but uh, I, I use LinkedIn a lot for, for business-related stuff. Um, yeah, so it's been a real pleasure to be on this. Thank you for, for taking the time and uh, hope to uh, spend some time again soon. Well, definitely, especially if you 10x uh, sooner than seven years. But Tony, it's been my pleasure. And thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.
That's it, folks. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast, episode number 54 with Tony Larakis. If you want to learn more about Tony, Fleet Complete, or anything else we shared, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 054. Our sponsors today are Pungo Payments, a business payment solution that instantly sends disbursements and electronic transfers at a fraction of the cost of checks and bank transfers. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash Pungo to learn more. And also, thank you to Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what their customers are saying when they're calling in. If you've not done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Help me.